Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. So with me is always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's living high off the freaking winnings that he earned for the Bucks game <laughs> last night because he just put all of his money on the line. The man, the myth, the legend, John Malika, my guy. How you doing, bro? How you feeling? You must be living on cloud nine. This man bet for a game that there would be a game seven Bucks win prior before all this even happening. So this man put his money on the line. He put his money where his mouth is. He's got to be living high. So, so what's going on, John? How are you feeling today? What up? What up? What up, man? I, I'm feeling good. And honestly, Alex, I, I think I'm the only person, I'm the only person I know that has a group chat and friends that are actual Nets fans, like that are always been New Jersey Nets fans, like Brooklyn Nets fans. They're hardcore Nets fans. And it felt really good to not have to hear them go off about how now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, or even with all these injuries. I'm glad that their excuses are coming out because what do they have now? They have the the, the banner last year from Biggie, right? They made their Biggie jerseys last year and now they got mm-hmm. a they got a second round exit. Like that's that's all the Brooklyn Nets have to show. So I'm okay with that man and we no longer have to hear about Andrew Yang and Michael Rappaport and we could just move on with actual basketball. So I'm, I'm a happy guy, man. Forget the money. Feel- I'm just a happy, I'm just happy with the environment now. <laughs> I feel you, bro. I'm tired of all this Nets talk. Max Kellerman going off talking about this. We have, first of all, I'll give props to where props is due. And, and Stefan Bondi said it perfectly. Kevin Durant for taking like a Carlton like three is getting a lot of praise for the amount of work he put in coming from an Achilles injury. But I which, love KD. Uh, which, which, I love no, KD. No, I no love shade, KD. man. No shade. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff for him. But is it actually true to even think about that? Usually if you miss a shot like that, like if it was Curry, Curry began flamed through the timeline right now. Be like, Curry's not clutch. Curry couldn't do this. But if it was a LeBron, LeBron would be getting torched right now. But like you, I am happy. The Brooklyn Nets lost. I don't have to hear this nonsense. It's over. It's done with. They paid more than we did just to get a second round exit and went to a game seven with. We could talk more about that game later because guess what? We got a, we got a phenomenal guest. I'm going to save it for later. We got we phenomenal do. guests in the we building. Do. We got a phenomenal we guest. We got Steve, Steve Indelakian. All right. The Armenian, the Armenian man himself in the building. <laughs> yes, sir. We got an Egyptian. We got a Greek. We got Armenian on the, on the pod. This is amazing, bro. We're all coming from the same area. Now, if you don't know who Steve is, Steve is you definitely do know who Steve space. is. You definitely know who Steve is, but you probably don't know who. You Steve probably, is. Do, <laughs> but you should. You should know who this man is. All right. If you heard of Spacely Media, that's the legend right here. All right. He makes the Bakker back pages. Now he's doing baller back pages. All right. Man, this man's putting in the work, bro. Man's putting in the work that the fun stuff that you get to see on the Twitter, Reddit. Uh, IG on your timeline, 
This is the man right here that's weeding behind it. Steve, how are you doing, my man? How are you doing today? Yo, yo. What's up, Alex? What's up, John? Thank you. Yo, amazing intro. Also, I don't know how you do that that main intro, bro. Like, <laughs> out of nowhere, just rapid fire, bro. But, hey, I feel great, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. It's an honor to be on. And, uh, hey, man, I mean, Ke- Kevin Durant, you know, he's like like a, foot, a shoe size away, man. A shoe size bro, away seriously. from a win, man. <laughs> but seriously hey those size 15 whatever's <laughs> got him in trouble bro man. 18s, <laughs> 18s <yeah>. damn <laughs> size 18 that's wild so if he was wild. a 15 it would have been good man it would have been good but, <laughs> man what that's a series wild. but thank god they're gone but yeah man good to be on thank you for coming on man i'm happy I, we've been sk- trying to get you on for a while man we've been scheduling but you've been so busy doing this phenomenal work and Look, man, the, the compliments go where it's due, man. You put the time in, the effort. I, I collab with you on stuff, whether it's Knicks Fan TV or even doing a Bakker's Back Pages, and hopefully we get to do more in the future. But, dude, the Absolutely. time that you put in to do this, the, the amount of hours you put in, dude, you're telling me, like, you're working through the through the morning. I'm like, bro, I got to go to sleep. You're, you, you, you put in the work. Bro. You put in the work. You deserve, you deserve the intro. But thank you, man, for coming on. And, yeah, you know, shoe size away for Kevin Durant. By the way, I didn't know that he was a size, what did you say, size 18, John? I think, I believe so. I did not know that. So I was at my buddy's place yesterday for a barbecue while we were watching the game. Obviously, we were eating, going all out, having steaks, sausages, burgers, whatnot, <laughs> having cor- popping some Coronas, having a cigar, watching the game. We're back. And we're, we're back. So back. <laughs> we're back. But the thing is that my buddy's grandfather was actually in uh, The Sopranos. He was actually was one of the characters in Sopranos and was a big Knicks fan and was take my book my boy anthony to nick's games so he actually has a pair of side patrick ewing uh sneakers and i you're telling me that do we get to know which character (laughs) (laughs) later wait i don't want i don't want to i don't want to but but anyway but anyway so he tells me that he got patrick ewing sneakers i'm like what size patrick ewing 14 14 katie's eight what is go what that is like i i'm shocked i'm i'm honestly shocked for a band that size, I'm like, if KD's an 18, you gotta tell me at least Patrick Goon is like a size 16. That's, that's honestly insanity to me. Well, so honestly, like, they're the same height. They pretend. That's, that's the thing. That's I mean, what I'm KD, KD pretends that he's not seven foot, but he's seven foot. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be a center. He wants to be that <laughs> Yeah, I get the same height. We all get it. We all get it. But hey, what, besides the Nets game, Steve, I want, I want to get into it with you, man. Like, how did this, how did the Spacely Media start? How how did you do in Bakker back pages start? Where did you get the? How did everything come together, man? How did you start Spacely Media? How did you start doing Bakker back pages? Reaching out to Mad Brick and doing everything like this. How how did it all come together, man? Let's transition this way. Yeah, man. So uh, I mean, Spacely Media is something that actually I started uh, in 2016. It's just it's just a word, a phrase that kind of was with sort of me and my uh, group of friends. Um, and you know, we, I just always had this sort of desire to start my own sort of media brand and, you know, I'm still sort of shaping it out and figuring out exactly what it's going to become. But, um, you know, I think I'm starting to identify exactly the niche and everything like that. Um, but yeah, my background, uh, professionally, uh, is that I, I have a lot of experience in public relations, but, uh, I'm also experienced on the media side. So there's, sort of that yin and yang between them. Some people call it the light side and the dark side. I kind of know both <laughs> and I've been able to kind of, you know, fuse that together and, and sort of uh, use it to my advantage in Spacely Media. But yeah, I've, I've just been a lifelong Knicks fan. Um, you know, art is something that's always been in my family. Um, so 
you know, it's just, it was just a natural next step. Like my father, my uncle, they're both artists. My cousin, she's a writer. Another cousin uh, is a rapper. The two, his twin sons are both musicians now and they're making some noise. They just hit a million uh, streams on Spotify. So shout out oh, to them. Awesome. But anyway, not to get, we, I'll plug them in uh, later, but anyway, just, just saying, you know, it's been in the family um, and basically uh, you know, Nick's fan, Nick's fandom is just something I've been passionate about. Right. But instead of like rebranding, once I discovered Bakker Backpages and started kind of sinking my teeth into Bakker Backpages, um, I kept it as Spacely Media. And that's what really enables me to sort of branch out into something new, which is Baller Backpages. Right. And then next, who knows, maybe I'll do something in, in the music realm, something uh, covering sort of hip hop news. So I'm just keeping the door open for myself. I'm learning Photoshop. Uh, and graphic design as I go, teaching myself, putting in countless hours, like you said. Uh, but this was my form of Nick's expression. And, um, you know, it, it's really taken off and the reaction's been amazing. So I just figured why not double down, triple down on it and just keep growing, man. So that's what I've been doing. That's dude, awesome. That's dude, awesome. To, say, to say you found uh, your niche would be, I think, an understatement. Because I think, uh, I think those back pages and especially... I mean, for, just forget the, the words for a second, you know, the actual literature, just the artwork of it and, you know, just like the comic book style series of it. And just, I mean, Alex was going, you know, kind of subtly mentioned it before that it's all over. But I mean, if you go to Reddit Nicks, it's impossible not to see your stuff. It's impossible. You know what I mean? So like, almost annoyingly sometimes, but yeah, nah. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's pretty awesome, man. It, it, and so to say, to say you found your little niche is an understatement. I think that we all, uh, as a Knicks fan base, definitely are consuming your content again, knowingly or not knowingly. We just like, honestly, it's just there. Yeah. yeah man. For, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. No, I, I agree with John because I'll just go down the timeline. There you are. Like on Twitter is like where I spend most of my time. And I just see you there. I'm just like, that's awesome. I, I And I can't go buy it. I have to read every single like like box and just read every single. The one that always gets me, though, is uh, the weather. Honestly, the weather by far always gets me. <laughs> you do such a great job with the weather and whether it's like with the bacon, egg and cheese and a cup of coffee up there. <laughs> right, right. It's going to be wet outside. Yeah. I'm like, what is going yeah. on? So, so the question great. is, the question is, did you grow up enjoying like comic books out of the newspapers? Did you like read your own comic books or is this a sort of, Sort of like Alex and I, where we're just like kind of watching cartoons, kind of playing video games, and that's how you built into that. I mean, I would say all of the above, you know what I mean? I think we're all probably in that same age range where that's just a big part of what we do and, and what we consume, right, and how we grew up. So uh, being a New Yorker and, you know, riding the train every day to middle school, to high school, um, I would grab an AM New York or a Metro for yeah. free on the subway, right? Or I would buy a New York Post at the time because, you know, the back page was really the main draw. Like, sure, sure, I might, you know, go through the news section, of course, but Really, it was about that back page, right? Looking at what's on the back page and then opening it up, reading the little article or two they had about the Knicks. It was, it was desperate times, you know, social media <laughs> wasn't really there. Like you just really had to go off what they said. Um, and they, they control, yeah. the, they control the beat of the city, which is really cool, right? And that's what, right. that's what I think is really cool about what you're doing is what was, what's so interesting about it is it's all, it's always so relevant and it's always so recent. Like all of a sudden the next day 
we have like this crazy cartoon and it's literally like just like this random you know game versus orlando that happened yesterday you know what i mean and so and like and so that's why i think that's why the post was cool you know because like i just want to see they control the pulse of the city you know they're gonna they're they're honestly gonna tell me what the radio is gonna talk about that day and how i should feel kind of you know whether or not i'm going to feel it is my you know something else but you know, as I'm, you know, I'm taking that train, you know, to Tottenville High School, I'm just like reading, I'm just checking out, you know, what's, what the bag says. And it's like, oh, okay, the Yankees are in trouble. Oh, the Jets, you know, they're making fun of the Jets. You know, right. Gino Smith punched the guy, he got punched in the nose. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, that's what the bag cages are for. So it's really a big staple for us. So that's why I think it's so cool that we have like this New York one that's like so detailed, even like, sometimes maybe to like a fault like i'm just sitting there reading like this nick you know i'm just like reading this whole thing you know and it's awesome yeah. you know like, this, this whole thing you know and, so it's, it's it's i don't know i i just appreciate it and i think it's cool so i just think you should keep it up man and i think it's um kind of special the way you you know integrate because alex and i have been talking you know almost every single guest we have on has some sort of relation to marvel or comic books or some you know in some sort of fashion and so right. I don't think that's a coincidence at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, though, like compared to some of my other friends, I'm not the Marvel guy. You know what I mean? Like they they might go on like rants about it and mm-hmm. they'll probably lose me. Right. If it's about like <laughs> the last Avengers movie or something. But that's not to say that <laughs> I didn't grow up on X-Men. You know what I mean? And Hell yeah, uh, love it. Love the cartoons and everything. I mean, even things like jackie chan adventures has nothing to do with what i'm actually putting out but come on iconic exactly exactly (laughs) you know so (laughs) i mean they can't they can't see it but he's holding up that i know i don't know why i said jackie chan adventures but let's be real that show was (laughs) true that show was legit saturday morning cartoon (laughs) (laughs) but um oh my god yeah, so I mean, and and just quickly to hit on what you were saying about how sometimes it's to a fault. I mean, that sort of is something that at first I noticed people gravitated to was the sort of Easter eggs I was putting in, and and sometimes you would notice something subtle in the background, and that's it's fun. once they noticed that that was going to come every time, then I think people were more willing to put the time to look for things. You know what I mean? But to your point, like also some platforms don't optimize the imagery the same way, so I have to like. I've been revamping sort of the model and the last few I've put out are like a little bit uh, more simplified, but I think get the message across better. And yeah. so anyway, I'm, it's just, it's, I'm, it's, it's awesome. evolving. It's growing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, sick. yeah, man. And, and we're going to collab, man. We're going to collab some more Alex and John, you're going to hop in there too and figure out exactly, you know, what we're there, man. We're, we're there supporting. Exactly. Like, I mean, you should see, you should see our group chat. It's like mostly your stuff. It's not he's not wrong, bro. Like it's mad for, like I'll send stuff over, like we'll send tweets back and forth his way, but the Bogger back page is always comes through. It's like, yo, this is hilarious, man. This is just like yeah, I appreciate so that. and and the thing is that like you talk about like the Easter eggs, right? And being current and how it comes after every single game and everything that you do and you it shows like in the work and just like the creativity behind it, right? Like even the one I do with you bullseye bullock like to even think of going to bullseye the villain from daredevil to use him that's it for some people that's like a deep cut who don't even really follow marvel that well because he's not even up there with the main marvel characters right he's not up there with like uh whether it's uh iron man or spider-man or any one of those but it's not it's it's a deep cut to get the daredevil but then it's even a deeper cut to use bullseye because does anyone really think of the villain but that's 
that, right. that, that, that's, that's, that's the appreciation I can take where someone's like really going in deep to create something. And that's, I think that's what also brings everyone to your page. So really like a phenomenal job, but going on, man, I see that you're doing a new back page and you're collabing with, uh, who, who are you collabing with to do baller back pages, man? Because that's, this stuff's going, now you're just, now you're just hitting the groove, man, and doing all this stuff. So, so tell us a little <laughs> more about baller back pages. Now we're scaling out, Alex. Now we're scaling out. <laughs> Yeah, man. So, I mean, Baller Back Pages is something that was uh, always sort of uh, in the back of my mind as something that would come to be. Um, you know, obviously, I started out with the Knicks and, uh, you know, my NBA knowledge in general is is, is pretty strong. But uh, the Knicks, I mean, it's like I, I've got to be in the top, you know, three percentile or something. <laughs> and that might be humble. I don't know. Um, no, nah, but there's a lot of obviously great Knicks minds out there. But anyway. My point is, yeah. So with Baller Back Pages, um, I'm collabing with uh, NBA County at NBA County. Um, and you know, he, he's, uh, been doing some great stuff. Uh, he, he, he has all sorts of, uh, breaking news, uh, funny posts, you know, uh, he's very, very on the moment, very spur of the moment, uh, always has his finger on the pulse. And, you know, he has like 300,000 followers. So it's really just uh, a situation where he's been a fan of Bacher back pages. He's engaged with my stuff. We've, you know, DM'd back and forth throughout the year. And uh, the collab con- uh, possibility was always there. But, you know, once the Knicks got eliminated, uh, just figured it was time to kick it up and, and maybe start it off then. Uh, so that's really what got us going on the baller back pages. And, you know, so far we've had uh, two installments. And I'm proud to say that both of them were... Uh, shitting on the nets so you know i mean come on that's 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 how you have to ease and transition the fan base into you know some of that but anyway i just felt you know with 200 with 300,000 followers like you know this stuff was perfect for his audience and you know so far they've really uh they've really uh engaged positively with it so i'm looking forward to keep keeping it going throughout the finals that's awesome man congratulations to you on expanding and really getting to do general nba i mean you know, I think as Knicks fans, not only do we enjoy the team, but we really do enjoy, I think, for the most part, I won't speak for all Knicks fans, but as a, like I think for most of the fan base, we do enjoy the NBA at large, right? We do enjoy watching other teams who's competing. Even if we hate the Nets, like we'll, we'll tune in and watch whoever they're playing because, look, you got Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. You got three of the top ten best talent in the league, and we got to see what they're doing and just seeing how they're competing, right? Well, we're, we're talking about – Chris Paul, and Chris Paul to do well with the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, John's boy right right now, DeAndre Ayton doing work because John just loves center. So we're we're constantly talking about the league, no matter who it is. And I think it's awesome, dude, that you just got to expand and got to do it right now. And I think why not? This is an opportunity to do it. Knicks aren't playing off season. Take that, share, embrace because you can tell this is a New York Post type uh, background that you're using for it. Although my family was more so the Daily News. Uh, I don't know if that was, right, right. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that was more of a, an, an honor or just like more turmoil because based on who you're reading for that day. If it was the Jets, it's more turmoil, uh, than anything else. So, and John can agree to that. We, we don't have to go into a certain specific writer, uh, that's not with us anymore. Thank God. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Just gotta give you the, the props to that. Um, yeah, definitely. And I, I, I really want to jump in because you're definitely talking about the Knicks. And your Nick's knowledge, and we've been interacting all season for sure, um, but definitely ramped up recently, at least starting from the trade deadline on, where it was just 
mostly putting out fires, right? Whether, whether it was like the fires like coming from the media, whether it was the fires coming from the fan base. And then the whole time, the Knicks are just winning games. And so it was like, it was so weird because usually it's the opposite, right? Where the Knicks are losing games and everything's on fire and we're on fire and like we don't want to watch Knicks games and everyone's frustrated and the season's over and it's January. You know what I mean? So we had such a different year this year and it was funny, like we were, we were all fighting about D Rose. So let me just ask you real quick. What was your initial reaction? If you remember, I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, but did, were you feeling some type of way about the D Rose trade at first? Uh, so, I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I kind of was. I mean, I, I, I knew that he was putting up some numbers in Detroit, but I knew that he was missing some games as well. Right. So there, there were some concerns about, first of all, you know, durability. Um, also just sort of having that first stint with the Knicks sort of etched into my mind. Uh, but you know, and, and also, you know, I, I said this the other day, I was on a spaces with like the guys from the Knicks corner. Um, but basically, uh, you know, I just think that, um, I just think that basically, like, if you had told me two, three years ago, like maybe before Chris Paul was on OKC, that, you know, a couple of years down the line, the Knicks are going to be trying to get like Chris Paul with like Derek Rose as like a potential backup this summer. I would have rolled my eyes because it just sounded very <laughs> Nixian, right? But then, you know, the, the further out we get and we see what he did with OKC, we see what he did with Phoenix. Um, you know, those things, those sort of, um, I guess stereotypes I've built up and like impressions I've built up go away quickly. Right. And so it's the same with Rose in general, just seeing how quickly he turned the whole team around. Um, it was really phenomenal, you know, and, and, uh, everyone fell in line, sort of everything started to make sense. I mean, the Knicks record from that point on, I don't even know it off the top of my head, but it was unbelievable. So, but yes, at first <laughs> I was a little bit skeptical, the Tibbs, uh, I mean, even with, even with the Tibbs hiring in the back of my mind, there was some skepticism, but, um, you know, I wasn't going to let anyone know that that was really what, how I felt. And the I was New just going to, exactly. Way. exactly. <laughs> Keep it close to the chest and, and move on. If exactly. What about you? Alex? If you don't have a little bit of skepticism for a new coaching hire, I mean, are you truly a New Yorker and are you truly a Knicks <laughs> fan to be really honest? Uh, right. I mean, if we're talking, what are we discussing? Like how, I, how I felt about Thibodeau? What, what, what's the D Rose? I guess D Rose. D Rose. Uh, for D Rose. I mean, I had a whole, like, I was open to it. I think seeing how the front office operated the offseason, how the team was starting out, um, all of this, just the beginning of the season, seeing that we actually hit on Emmanuel quickly, seeing that RJ took a leap, Julius Randle started playing a little bit better. I had faith that the team was moving in the right direction. How much faith was I going to put into it? different story i wasn't fully like saying that oh yeah sure you know everything was going great as we see we could say now right after the season's over you could say hey front office did an awesome job year one let's see if they can build on for that year two but i was i was winning i was pretty optimistic before the start of the season during the nine-month layoff still pretty optimistic that they could do some work for derrick rose I just had an open mindset. I was like, let's see what happens. Tom Thibodeau's guy. Let's see what, let's see what can go work. I wasn't glue. I wasn't doomed. Like some people were out there like, Oh, he's going to get all the minutes. Oh no. Manuel quickly's going to, to lose. Actually, I was the opposite. I was like, if we're getting Derek Rose, I can't see Emmanuel quickly losing minutes because legit 
no, Thibodeau, Thibodeau does not start rookies. If Quickly can earn spots, earn minutes as a rookie, he's staying. Like he, he's not going anywhere then. So with Derrick Rose, I didn't worry about that. I was more so worried: is he going to be the play? Is he going to be the playmaker? Is he going to control the tempo of the offense? What's his scoring going to be like? Uh, is he going to help shoot from three? And he did all those things. So I was happy, obviously, with that. But I, if you asked me if I was, if I could predict this was coming, no. But I was, I was just open minded for what the trade was going to be. That's really where I was at. Uh, that's interesting. Honestly, that's what the most thing I was worried about was what you just mentioned at the end there was quickly and how that's going to affect him. I thought he wasn't going to play at all because of it. But honestly, I thought that the um, D Rose and quickly backcourt was the saving grace of the season and i don't know about you guys like steve i kind of want to get your gauge to it because i mean alex kind of talked about it extensively how did you feel about tibbs going away from d rose and quickly in the playoffs and the way he did that was to kind of give everybody what what we wanted Right, Everybody was crying all season long, and especially in the playoffs, about how we wanted Alfred Payne to be benched, you know, rightfully so. But if he's going to be benched, somebody has to start for him, and the only guy there is D-Rose. And right. if you put D-Rose in the starting lineup, then he's not going to be with Quickly, and now we kind of ruined everything. Our our our, our best asset in, during the season was our bench. Our second best asset was our three-point shooting. Our third best asset was our defense. And once you take away one of those, I mean, we were barely hanging on by a thread anyway. So how did you feel about Tibbs giving the fans what we wanted, you know, benching Peyton and starting Rose? But then that kind of, you know, had a ripple effect throughout the whole team. And it's something that we really didn't do all season long. Yeah, I think that that right there is really what the problem is, right? That we just tried it too late. I think people have spoken on that uh, to an extent, but we just we just got experimental a little too late. I, I can't really think of any other examples. And, and you know, you, if you think of any, let me know where a team uh, other than due to injury just switched up their starting lineup in the playoffs this year so far. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're the one team to really do that and get experimental. I do think to an extent that's a sign of weakness. You know what I mean? It's, it's a sign of uncertainty. Um, it, but at the same time, yes, it was long overdue, right? But do I think the configuration we ultimately went to was the right one? Definitely not. Clearly not. Um, do I think we probably would have lost the series regardless of what configurations we went with? Probably, you know, if I'm just being a realist for one of the first times <laughs> as a Knicks fan in my life. You know what I mean? Um, I mean the, Hawks, the Hawks just made the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. That's crazy, man. That's that's unbelievable. Uh, damn. <laughs> like, Trey Young's really the villain right now, bro. I'm gonna, I am gonna. guarantee you I'm going to see all sorts of shushing and stuff like that on my timeline like <laughs> after this. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I guess uh, let me just say that, like, I, yeah, I'm going to be in that percentage that would have rather seen – us try Frank, but in the exact way that we were playing Alfred, meaning like if he doesn't have it three minutes in, pull him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying we need to get Frank 35 minutes a game, but, you know, see if he could do some things on Trey. Right. And then just know that our first unit has always sort of been a bridge to the second unit on some levels, especially at the point guard position. So it's like, 
Um, that that's personally what I would have tried instead if I was going to switch it up. I think for, for the Frank, I agree. I'm, I'm always open to the ideas of trying something new. Let's just not stick to a system. And I get why Tibbs stick to a system, right? He's trying to instill a culture. He's trying to instill accountability. He's trying to instill, uh, I guess just continuity because throughout the entire Knicks, we never had that. Um, right. We never had continuity at all. And it's just something new to see. Oh, look, I know it's going to happen every single night. We're going to get Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, RJ Barrett, Julius Randall, Mitchell Robinson until Nerlens Noel. And then it's like, okay, I know who the second unit is going to be. You know, we can keep listing <laughs> off the guys. And that's nice because when we had Fizdale, when we had Hornacek, we didn't have any of that. You know, even with Derek Fisher, we didn't even have any of that. So it's fine. It's it's all dandy to get continuity with that. But I, I think, as you pointed out, Steve, is that, you know, we did it too late, right? We did it too late to pull Alfred Payton and to put Derek Rose into the starting lineup. And we need he needed to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, Brad Stevens-ish, where it's just Brad Stevens for the Celtics loves to try mixing, matching all these lineups. And I think he does. I think Stevens does it to a point where it's just too much. And then it just ruins the whole just flow of the game sometimes. But Tibbs needed to do that before going to the playoffs. Be like, all right, D Rose, you're starting, uh, IQ, Burks, Toppin, you know, you have Taj out there. Like, I, I have no idea what else is going to happen. You're just hoping for the best at that point. Right. So I agree with that. I, I would like, I would like to, I wish he does, but I think that's going to happen next season though. I really think he's going to try being a little bit more, um, I think he's going to be a little bit more creative in how he works the rotations. I think, you know, just a little bit. I know he hasn't been that type of guy, but I think he'll be a little bit more open to that if he has learned, because even if we saw this season, he has changed. He's not pushing guys as much when it comes to practicing. He's open to trying guys at different positions. Look, we had Alec Burks running point guard for a hot stint when he saw Albert Payne. So he knows how to adjust, but I think he just, from what he saw at practice, what we don't get to see every day, and even some of the beat rides because they couldn't be there every day. Uh, we don't know what everything was like. We keep asking for people, but it doesn't mean they were ready to actually go play. Um, right. What do you so, think of Derek Rose and, and Julius Randle as sort of a tandem when they share the floor? Because that, to me, was a little bit concerning. I mean, I, I just think that if Derek Rose was eating, it was at the expense of Julius trying to get back on track a little bit and you know maybe with Alfred not to praise Alfred but you know I mean he was starting for most of the year right we did win a lot of games so there was something that maybe worked better as far as the pairing of Alfred and Julius um for sure for sure yeah. I think I think I think the pairing and John I want to get here what you have to think on this as well I think for that I mean we saw Randall just become the primary uh, initiator of the offense, right? He was a true playmaker. And with Elford starting, it gave room for Randall to really just own the offense and own the first unit as being the guy to being that point forward. And yeah, when Derrick Rose comes in, Derrick Rose is not an off-ball guy. He's an on-ball guy major for most of the time. So you took, yes, away, you know, the time that Randall would have with the ball to begin with, but I don't think that really impacted Randall in the playoffs. I think Randall just came to a point where at some point you got to get cold, right? It's only right. so, there's only so many guys who can be hot all season long. And Randall, you know, he had his low points throughout the season. Sure. They weren't so bad, but the playoffs were bad. 
Like the first, like even when we had Elf to start off with, it was bad. Like he wasn't feeling, he wasn't in rhythm. He wasn't doing, it was hard for him just to get in rhythm. And when he started to get in rhythm, it was still forcing a lot of shots. It wasn't good looks all the time. And at the same time, even when it came to looks that he was normally taking, like the baseline fadeaway mid-range jumper, right? He wasn't hitting those. And those are the shots where you're like, okay, fine. You know, he's not hitting these shots. He's clearly cold. That's when you know someone's cold. He's not hitting their normal shots. But I don't – I think, yes, D. Rose did impact Julius Randle's, like, play. But I don't think it was that much that it's just we should have left Alfred Payton in or, you know, we could have used Frank and Frank would have cured everything. I I think that's – Right, right. I think it's too hard to say. John, what what do you you think, though? Yeah, I think you guys are on the right track. Because, Alex, remember, I, I mean, I've been saying it all year, and especially the more basketball I watch around the league, the best player on every single team brings up the ball. There's not one team where the best player doesn't bring up the ball. And two years ago, it was Julius Randle, but he was, honestly, he was, he was, being, he was a selfish point forward. And, you know, with the whole quote unquote spin move Julius and he was, he was just getting into turnovers. And honestly, turnovers are Julius Randle's biggest issue, in my opinion. And we kind of saw that towards the end where he was tasked with being the point forward and he was trying to play hero ball, but we, we needed him to. And so that kind of wasn't his fault. The main, I mean, the main question here is how do I feel about D Rose and Randle? I don't want D Rose and Randle to ever share the floor. Honestly, right. ever, ever, because there's no reason for them to. They, Randall is a ball dominant, you know, like you said, Alex, and so is D Rose. And even though the new D Rose doesn't need, to, you know, is not driving to the basket, he's not this ultimate shooter, right? He's not Kyle Korver. <laughs> and, and, and that's the, you need, honestly, I know this sounds insane, but like, just bear with me for a second. The, the type of point guard that the Knicks need to pair with Julius Randall is the same type of point guard that you need to pair with LeBron James. Because even though LeBron and Julius Randle are obviously not in the same hemisphere, they play the same type of game. Where the same position, they they kind of occupy the same uh, space on the floor, and they kind of demand the same team around them, right? Like they need that center that could, you know, be, you know, just hold down the paint and doesn't really need to do anything else. Anthony Davis is a, you know, anomaly to that. And then you need a point guard who's going to play defense and you need, you need shooters around you because the whole thing about Julius Randle this year was when they started doubling him, you kicked it out to RJ Barrett on the corner and he was nailing down those threes. Or if not, you would just give it to Emmanuel quickly and he would honestly do some magic from half court and hit some, hit some insane threes. Like you guys are watching the games. <laughs> like everyone, you know, in the playoffs, like who is this kid? He stinks, whatever. Cause you know, he didn't really have, he had, the, you know, that one game, uh, where he hit the couple of threes. Everyone's like, wow, this is phenomenal. Guys, remember when he was bringing us back with five threes in the fourth quarter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seven threes in the second half. Like those mm-hmm. were, those were miracle games. And it really, in my opinion, they came at the hands of Julius Randle, Alec Burks. Who's, why are we get, well, you know, nobody's paying attention to Alec Burks because they have to double Randall. And so when he was coming in, they would come in, he would shove it to Randall. And so for me, again, just to get back to the question, I know it kind of went off a little bit of a tangent, but we, it's because we've been screaming the same thing all year long. The Knicks need a point guard and it's not D Rose. I want D Rose back on the team. I want him to be 
the starting second unit point guard with Emmanuel Quickly, like you have to put them in together. Like that's my dream. Just stick to that. But for the starting point guard, I don't know, man. I, I don't think we have the answer on our team. And I think that the only way Julius Randle is successful is if we get that guy. But I'm going to toss it up to you because me and Alex spoke about it on the last pod. So I want to get your thoughts on it. Bullock and Burks, both free agent, because I'm assuming that we're keeping, we're all keeping D Rose. I mean, D Rose wants to say, Tibbs wants to say, I'm, I'm just assuming that D Rose, you know, is, is, is in our, is in our mind and heart and soul. How do you feel about Bullock and Burks, and do you want them back on the team? So, I mean, I love both of them, right? And if you're going off of strictly the Bacher back pages, uh, it would probably be Burks because, um, you know, he – I gave him a good seven or eight covers throughout the year, the games he was putting <laughs> together, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, in seriousness, like, uh, I, yeah, they're both amazing. They both have – I mean, they're both great role players who – have, uh, you know, their, their strong suits and their qualities that they brought to this team that were very useful. So it's just a matter of, I guess, which one is more easily replaceable at that point. Um, you know, Tibbs loved Bullock, right? He would p- play him like 40 plus minutes every game. So, I mean, I would think, uh, culturally, maybe it would be Bullock. But as far as an Alec Burks, I don't really think we have one of those guys on our team, right? Like you got, like you were just sort of alluding to, right? Like, yeah, Randall shot amazing from three this year. RJ shot exceptionally well, but are those guys shooters, right? Like, uh, and even Bullock, I mean, unless it's a standstill, can we really rely on him, right? So Alec Burks, <laughs> Alex, just what do you think about that, Alex? Extra- what do you think? Can we, re- can we, re- can we rely on uh, Bullock? Oh, Bullock? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd rather... I'd ra- <laughs> it's so inconsistent. Alex has been dying all year about Bullock. I mean, he, I mean, he doesn't like him, right? Or you're, fifth, first, you're on the fence. I, first half, I did not like Bullock. He, I, he, he won me over. He, he won me over where I can now... I, I want... If I'm going to be honest, I'd rather have Bullock back than Burks. Uh, just because I feel like we can... I feel like quickly could fill Burks' role as being that guy off the bench who can create for himself... You know, he, his role models are like Dame Willard, Wu Williams, guys who could just create for themselves, especially Wu Williams, six man of the year. Him and Jamal Crawford might Who's well have also a free agent. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> they, they might as well have the six man of the year award named after both of them. Um, right. And so I would rather have, like, I could live with quickly awarding that and expanding his role. And I think you have to give him that freedom to word and create, like, give him the chance to u- utilize his mid range because he didn't usually, he didn't utilize it that much until later into the season. Let him learn how to drive to the rack because he's going to need to know that in his skill set. Burks is such a, I mean, the numbers for Burks are look good on paper. It all looks good uh, because especially when he'll have those games that he just blows up, right? He'll go eight for 10 from three. Uh, he'll do that type of stuff, but then you'll get the, the games where he's so cold that, you know, colder than the freezer, man. Like he'll get, he'll freezer burn <laughs> your meat. It'd just be ridiculous. So, I would Bullock. rather like Bullock. I would rather I would rather take Bullock just for a three and D purposes, just because the market for three and D guys is just it's it's bare right now. I don't know too many guys who are uh out there for three three and D. I still am, like doing the research on the free agent market, but for a guy like Burks, who's not really a three and D, his defense is like it's okay. But for a guy who can create, meh, meh. That's, that's First of all. Though. 
I, no, I, I totally feel you. And I just want to say, first of all, when either Burks or Bullock went to the rim, like my heart stopped. And we oh, started yes. to see that a lot, especially from Burks. And there was some surprising finishes. So, you know, I got to give him his props. But uh, one thing I want to say is like, like I said, like to me, it's who skill set is a little more replaceable. And I, I don't know, I get, I totally think what you're saying is valid. And I, and I don't think there's a clear cut answer. Uh, but I think a Josh Hart, right, which is someone who's been linked to the Knicks, is getting low money, can play D, is three and D, right? As far as I understand is three. I mean, I've watched plenty of his game, but you know, I don't know how it's evolved in like specifically the last year. Um, but he's like a rebounding guard, can shoot from three. Like I think that would replace Bullock, not Burks, right? But again, that's dependent on us actually bringing him in. So what do you guys think about? Josh Hart to begin with and uh would you would you want the Knicks to kind of maybe look to bring him in based on that whole Thibodeau you you heard it you guys heard about that whole mm-hmm. podcast and everything of course right mm-hmm. uh, who, whose podcast was Josh Hart on where you mentioned that was that um I don't know whose it was on but it was it was Lowry and and Josh Hart talking to each other basically praising Tibbs First of all, I'd like to say shout out to Steve for taking over the podcast and hosting us, John. Like, nah, I'm right, sorry. Right, right. <laughs> I'm coming back with questions. It's all good. It's all good. I, like, I just like messing. I like messing. Um, but no, nah, I, I would, I like Josh Hart because I think he was average, especially when it comes to rebounding. I think he was averaging eight rebounds a game. And you know, we de- we were a good rebounding team to begin with, but you can never have enough rebounding. I'm pretty sure he's a better defensive rebounder. It's offensive rebounding where we started. You know, that's where I we would miss Mitch, who is a better offensive rebounder than Nerlens Noel, but I, I would be upset with Josh Hart. I mean, especially if the money is around. I'd be willing to pay more for Josh Hart than Reggie Bullock because of the age. Obviously. Wow. Um, just, well, there's more that's upside. a hot take. There's more upside. It's, it's hot. Him. It's a little hot because <laughs> he's getting less. Or sorry, go ahead. No, but the thing is, like, he's much younger, and you expect him to grow more. And I don't think his game's so bad. Like, Reggie played really good defense. Josh Hart could play really good defense. We're talking about two high-energy – like, Josh Hart, high-energy guy. I want to say Bulk is a high-energy guy. He just gives his – he's a all-his-effort type of guy. You know what I mean? Like, Josh Hart, he'll be diving on the floor all over the place trying to save everything. Reggie will give you everything he's got in a hustling effort, and I, and I can respect that. Um, I'd probably go Josh Hart if that's the case. Although, and give him a little bit more, not a lot. Not, not we're not talking about like much, much more in payment, like a slight bump over what I think Reggie could get, and then go that way and get more years. And just I like consistency. I Reggie Bullock's not going to be the guy that's helping lead this team anywhere for the next three years. He's a stopgap three and D. You know, if you get somebody else to replace him, he starts moving to the bench. Josh Hart already plays on the bench, so he could go either way. It's not, it's not that major. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. What, what about you, John? How do you feel? I mean, I, I, I think it's good, man. I, I like Josh Hart. I think it's a hot take that you would take Josh Hart over Bullock. It, that kind of, it kind of feels to me like a tandem you'd put together, like start Bullock, throw Hart on the bench, and kind of sub him in. And that'll mm-hmm. kind of be your your wing tandem because the reality is the Knicks aren't going to get a superstar wing you know, as much as we as much as we beg and plead for it. And when you look at the stats, I mean, first of all, obviously, 
Josh Hart is four years younger than Bullock, so three, four years younger. So, I mean, that is an advantage, like you said. And, I mean, his his numbers match up pretty well. I mean, he's a better rebounder. Uh, uh, Hart is a better rebounder. Obviously, Bullock is a better three-point shooter. So, I guess that's really your give and take there. So, you could kind of have, like, the three and D, but one be your three guy, one be your D guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, with, with, the, with those two. I mean, I I can kind of see it, especially because Tibbs has seen. I mean, we have all seen, but I think that from an outsider, I can confidently say that Tibbs has seen the advantages of having people, having players on the team that that really love you and really buy into the system and really want to die on the court. Like the like the advantage of having Taj Gibson there on the Knicks, he he was way better than having a like a different center on the Knicks that would be younger and you know potentially better skill set because of what Taj Gibson's like bringing to the floor and hustle. Like if you see Taj Gibson jumping on the ground, you're like, oh crap! Like you know, like I I, ha- I have to hustle. You know what I'm trying to say? And I think and like when you see D Rose out there playing 38 minutes. Like, you, you know, you have to hustle if you ever touch the court. You know what I mean? And that's why, like, when you see the tape of Alfred Payton, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not even running up the court. Like, what do you, what, what's happening right For real, now? man. That you man know, was so, doing his own thing. Let's not relive this moment. I, I remember, I mean, I remember just being at the TD Garden, just watching him and. He looked depressed, man. I, I feel bad for being for him being beaten, but at the same time, dude, you got to be involved and like be cheering for your teammates. And he was doing little of that, especially when it came to the playoffs. So, if you're not doing that, get off the team. That's that's how I feel about <laughs> this. This is a team sport, man. It's a team sport. But before we continue on with free agency, I just want to get a quick quick question for you, Steve. What did you feel about the season overall? Like for the next, were you happy with it? Were you like? Meh, or did you feel like you could we could have gotten more? I mean, it was the most amazing season I've seen, man. Yeah, I, I and you know I, I've been a Knicks fan forever. Uh, I mean, I was a, a little too young maybe for the Ewing. This is like the you know I mean I've seen those games. I, I remember the moments, but uh, I mean this is probably all around the most satisfying Knicks season I've watched, uh, other than of course the magical I believe twenty twelve twenty thirteen team if you will quote unquote magical um yeah i mean i think if if we were to do like report cards player by player a lot of people are getting low a's high b's like worst case so i think that uh other other than alfred obviously um but yeah i mean everyone alfred even failed like a, bro even alfred, like a neuros, alfred failed the class dude yeah <laughs> even like a neuros gets like a, a you know a, a or a minus for for stepping up the way he did uh you know not with without us expecting him to right a bullock has to probably get an a minus or something uh burks maybe b plus uh based on like you're saying those cold streaks but yeah i mean look we came in with all the skepticism in the world all the cynicism that comes with being a knicks fan and i think this front office showed us that moving forward we don't you know that was really something that was an issue but it's in the past and um of course you know nothing's going to be perfect but uh just the the progress it's it's just been night and day and this team exceeded pretty much every expectation i had for them so i'm i'm very happy with the season yeah i mean i agree with you steve 
I'm, I was very happy with losing to the season. Um, sorry, that came out really weird. I know I was looking at something else, <laughs> but I'm, ha- I'm very happy with how the season ended and just like, not how it ended, but how it played out, I should say. Like, I'm happy that, you know, the Knicks exceeded all of our expectations, you know, whether it was just being an efficient three point shooting team or being top four in defense or seeing Julius Randle just do a complete 180 and not being the spinning turnover machine, you know, playing right. cohesive like as a unit and not just watching everyone just do their own thing. It was, it was finally something nice to see and to even make the playoffs, host the playoffs. Oh my God. Like that's, that's the, that's the best, especially since we haven't seen that since Mel was here in 2012, 2013 with JR, Pablo Prigioni, uh, you know, yeah. Steve Novak, you had Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, that team. I love that team, but this team was very special. And I, it, there's a special place for this team in my heart because it's truly like the little engine that could. A great yeah, underdog exactly. story. That's what it is. A great underdog story is always something that could be cherished. And especially in New York, you know, I think it, it goes without saying, if you've got a team that's playing defense, that plays hard every single night for the city and is putting the city on their back and playing team basketball, working, like you, you'll, you'll win the city over. And I think it just goes back to what they were during the seventies when they won the chip. We're talking about a team that played defense, played together as a unit. That whole, that whole, that whole vibe. We had Clyde Frazier, we had uh, Walt Clyde Frazier, right? You had uh, Willis Reed, Dave DeBusher, all these guys who were part of that Knicks team. Like, if you get that type of collective, just guys playing together, just playing for one common goal, which is just to win a championship, it's it's over, man. It's great. You just won the city over. So, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I think John, I think John, I think Johnson on that on that as well, right? You're, yeah, you're with yeah, and. Especially the regular season was, like you said, probably the best. I mean, definitely the best regular season since we had that 2012, you know, season. But what makes it different, like you said, is, is a little engine that could in the sense that there's optimism for the future here. And in the 2012 season, it was more, this is a fire, you know, this is a fire and we're just going to see how, how far this flame is going to go. You know, it's going to keep pouring kerosene on it. And just let's see how far it goes. And the kerosene led us to, you know, punching a fire extinguisher. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, this that's, that's, that's is what happened. So, the, yeah. um, what, what's, what's so exciting here is the fact that not only do we have, you know, a rookie head coach for our team and rookies that played, you know, real minutes in the playoffs. We also have, you know, our second best player is 21. Our first best player is 26. He's about to get his first big contract. And we have... You know, the lowest salary cap. We have the high defense. We have the high three point shooting, which is like the modern NBA. The only thing that's not great is our pace. I think that's like keeping up with the modern NBA. I feel like that's, you know, the only thing that we really have to work on. But other than that, I mean, our, our regular season was, you know, the best we've had in so long. And it was validated for me personally, especially with all, you know, the, re- the rewards that from from the executive down to the head coach, six man MVP. I mean, everybody ate really on the team, <laughs> all NBA. Like we we were all over the place, which is you know very weird for the Knicks, especially because you know like we said, twenty one and a half games. That was what we were projected to be, and so of course our regular season was validated. Jumping forward to the playoffs, I really wanted to win a first round series. I really thought that would really put us over the top. But what's really validating me, we kind of mentioned it before, is that the Hawks are legit, man. 
Trey Young's legit. Bogey's legit. John Collins is legit. I mean, they have a real team. And they're built for today. They're all in right now. And the fact that they're in the Eastern Conference Finals and could potentially go to the finals, I mean, it, val- it validates my playoffs, too, for for the Knicks, to be honest with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Quick question for both of you. Do you feel less bad about the Knicks losing to the Hawks? Yeah. It, it, I mean, that that's actually something I've been saying to, like, my friend – group and everything like that uh since the start of this series is that i actually kind of want the hawks and i was saying it's a mad brickout today uh we didn't really talk about him but you know my boy shout out mad brickout um i was talking to him today about it and yeah man it just i think we're in agreement on that (laughs) yeah so i I would agree i'm less disappointed the knicks lost to the hawks just because they're showing right now how complete of a team they are and shout out to nick mcmillan man Nate McMillan's doing wonders with this team. Yeah, you know? for real, man. Boyd Pierce, I don't know what the hell you were doing down there, bro, but No no fact check. Is he the best interim coach ever midseason? Has to be. I mean, no fact check at Has all, but I can't be. think of somebody else that Has came in be. and just like I... You two were just in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> yeah, no, for real, man. Bro, like <laughs> there's, might there's even be no above way. Monty for for runner up on that coach of the year. I know, right? And like in, in some weird in some weird fashion, Nate McMillan is truly the coach of the year, but because the the way the award is set up where it's just a regular season award, regular you can't season, really give it yeah. to him because if the Hawks flamed out in the you know, first, second round, like whatever. You know, even if they lost today game seven, I'm like, oh okay, whatever, it was nice. But the fact that they are moving on, we're like, wow, <laughs> wow, Nate. He shut down Ben Simmons. I mean, I know Ben Simmons is his own problem, but I mean, he made him look silly. <laughs> you know what I mean? He made, made him look like he doesn't yeah. play basketball. He's, no, he's it's, zero it's, for zero in all the fourth quarters. All of them. The, all the of Hawks them. are for real, and it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely validating that they're that they were just able to drop off a team that what was second all year, I believe. So it's just, it, it's, it's definitely validating, man. And they have so many shooters. They have so many shooters. Even Kevin Herter, we didn't even mention him. A guy like DeAndre Hunter, who was like giving us nightmares defensively. Like they, they have a roster, man. And they, really do. they, they were all in. They were all in kind of, right? I mean, granted, we still have to see how like the John Collins situation plays out. They could have a slightly different team, but my understanding is they, you know, they went all in and, and, so far, it looks like it's paying off. Dude, what's um, crazy? What's crazy that they, they did this Philly series without Hunter? I can, yeah. like that. Like it blows my mind. Honestly, yeah, dude. yeah, that's nuts. Actually, if they had Hunter, I think they win it even less. I don't think it goes as far, personally, uh, because he's just that dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The thing that Hawks do have that we don't have. They have a point guard. They have Trey Young. They have a facilitator. They have a point. They have a playmaker. They have a shooter. You know, they have the thing that we've been lacking for twenty some odd years. Who? Who was the last guy? Derek Harper. <laughs> Raven. Mar- Marty Collins. Marty. Collins. One thing I still can't believe. <laughs> I can't believe that Trey Young shoots like thirty four percent from three, but yet he's still so splashy in a way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. He's, he's literally like a career thirty four percent shooter. Like. I, I, his threes, think, his threes are worth more, almost like Steph Curry. 
I Steph Curry's threes are just worth Steph's more. like forty four percent, but yeah, Steph, <laughs> but, yeah, but like if Steph hits a three, it just counts as like five. It just like the, right, I mean, right. it just changes everything. Like you know what I mean? Especially because it's like, like quickly has a little flash of that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Quickly's threes are like three and a half right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing with the thing with Trey, right, is that he just shoots from mad deep, right? He'll shoot mm-hmm. mad deep, and you have to respect it because if he's going hot one game, you have to go out and, and honor it. But getting back to where I was going with the point guard, this is a situation that we need to talk about right now. We're we're about to head into free agency. There's some options that are being swirled around via trade, free agency. Uh, you know, we got Lonzo Ball, who's going to be a restricted free agent. We have Kyle Lowry, who's going to be a free agent. We have uh, Dame Willard, who's been talked about in trade rumors. We have, I will call the police if Dennis Schroeder is a starting point guard of this team. Actually call the police, yeah. because that would be robbery. That, <laughs> no way should this man be started. If he is starting, we have some serious issues. So Seriously. What are you guys thinking, man? Steve, I'm going to start with you. How do you want to attack? Are, are, do you think we're going to find the, the point guard of the future in free agency this season? Do you think we're going to draft a guy uh, this season that's going to change that around? Do you, what, what's your, what's your, I guess the main question is, how do you think, you, how do you think we should handle the point guard situation moving forward? For, for right now. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I like the Lonzo idea. I think in theory, first of all, there is something there, but he's not really a, a pure point guard in that sense. You know what I mean? He's kind of a bigger, almost like a wing that can handle and everything like that. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's almost like if Frank was actually good, you know what I mean? Like within that mold or that prototype, if you will. Um, but anyway, I think, I think honestly, if I'm looking at the guys out there right now and thinking about who could give this team the biggest lift in the short term and not necessarily be like the surefire point guard of the future, depends on what we sign him to, it would be Lowry. Because I think Lowry is sort of like uh, in that, I, I hate to compare people to Steph at all, but he has some of that like ridiculous range and big shot hitting ability right and and he's really a a lethal shooter but on top of that he he the difference between him and some of those other guys is he's like a actually like a bulldog you know what i mean like he's a gritty dude and he has gotten plenty of like near triple doubles in his career just hustling out there getting rebounds getting dimes steals he's like a dog so i do think he fits that tibbs mold and can give us more offensively than a, than maybe uh, Lonzo ever could. Um, I think Lonzo might be a better system point guard, like a like a. I don't know if he, he could fit the system well, give give us what Tibbs wants, and things could go well. I just think Lowry is a big game player. He has a championship experience. He hits threes. He can get hot, even if he's not making his shot he's gonna he's gonna contribute in other facets of the game so you're thinking i i I, the kyle lowry thing is probably third on my list of like who i would go with um yeah who i would want on the team but for kyle lowry i i i get all that like all that i'm more of the lonzo on the lonzo train that's probably like my number one option for this offseason um if i had to go I get the, I get it though with Kyle Lowry. So if you're choosing Kyle Lowry, that means we don't have we either you either think Emmanuel Quickly could be the point guard on this team moving forward of the future, or 
that we have to go back into the draft and go find somebody. So what's what's your thought process there? Because Kyle Lowry is like a one two year thing, and then that's it. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And I and I think that is what it would be. I would want us to draft a point guard as well okay. and keep quickly, right? I mean, let's mm-hmm. be real. Frank probably uh, bon voyage at this point. Like, so Frank <laughs> give him the, give him the Marcus <laughs> give him the Marcus Camby Jeff. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and hopefully we're rid of Fred. You know what I mean? So anyway. Without Fred, without Frank, uh, and depending on what happens with D Rose, ideally I'd like to bring D Rose back. If there's a way to have like Lowry, D Rose off the bench with Quick still, like we said, and there's someone sort of in the lurks as an insurance plan or, or whatever the case may be, and we see how that all pans out, I like, I like that framework. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I lo- I like Lonzo a lot too, man. And I'm kind of back and forth on this too. So I'll just be real with you. Like, you know, there's been moments where I thought Lonzo would be the best choice. I, I just think Lowry sort of fits the system. And, and now this Lowry heart thing really is starting to resonate with me as like an option and a tandem that would give this team the right lift and the right, they'd have the right spirit uh, every time they play, you know? For sure, for sure. John, what, what say you? Because I'll, I'll say my opinion for last on which direction I think I would go. So you guys made a lot of really good points. I think I'll start off by saying that Kyle Lowry, in my opinion, the best comparison is more of a Chauncey Billups. And that's why he's so needed on this team. And, I mean, as Alex knows, I've been I, – I was, I was willing to trade my left foot for Kyle Lowry midway through the season. I was ready to go, even even for the rental. Like I was ready to go. Would you asking me if I would pay Kyle Lowry? I would pay Kyle Lowry thirty five million. I'll give him the max one year right now, but I'm not. I don't want to give him two years. And if I'm Kyle Lowry, why would I take one year from the Knicks? We're not going to win the championship next year. So, as much as I I would love Lowry, and I think he would fit perfect on this team on the court with Tibbs, everything. I think Kyle Lowry's going to go somewhere like the Miami Heat, to be honest with you. And that's where I would go if I was him as well. There's players out there like Mike Conley, who I knew the, who I, we were talking about how the Knicks were uh, rumored for him last year for a trade for Julius mm-hmm. Randle, funny enough. <laughs> Which would have been insane. And now, you know, we could sign Mike Conley for nothing. Just, you know, as that veteran point, he, I mean, Talk about veteran point guard. He had a phenomenal year this year, which went under the radar because of, you know, how good Utah was otherwise. And they have stars, but Mike Conley had an amazing year. He would be fantastic to just have there. Another guy, Patty Mills, you know, is around. We have Drogic is there. Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, all these players are band-aids, right? None of these guys are going to be the point guard of the future a la Alonzo Ball, right? That's that's the category that Alonzo Ball is going to go in because he, he wants $100 million for three years. You know what I mean? So then we're we're kind of putting our uh, chips in that basket, no? Is it official that he wants $100 million for three years? Is that real? If the, if he wants that, I'm good. Yeah, personally. if that's the case, yo, I'm, I'm passing hard. See, well, that, he, this is a big contract, yeah, yeah. right? He's not going to get like a one or two. Uh, no, he would get four year, I would, like I said, four year, 80 million, because I put him in the Fred Van Vliet category of like. Yeah, give him like Julius's, 
like Julius's current bag or something. Like yeah, not the not the one like he's about to get. Like I don't or, but maybe more years, you know, like but that is, value. Is he your starting point guard though? Like so 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 that my worry is kind of where you guys are leading. Like I like I really like Lonzo. I really love his pace and it's exactly like what we need. He plays good defense in my opinion. I trust his shot more than others and I really like his IQ. Is he the point guard of the future though? Can you depend on him? to stay healthy can you depend on him to play defense can you depend on him you know to finish this season i would say i think to be point guard of the future i think for point guard of the future i i'm not i I can't i can't say yes 100 he's gonna be the point guard of the future but i lean more towards the side that he can be i don't think he's since the lakers for the two seasons he was there once you get lebron you're not really a point guard anymore now being in uh new orleans you're not a point guard either. You know what I mean? So what what are we doing? So I would say you got to give him a chance before to make that type of like assessment. Um, that's why I'm kind of leaning. And I, I think if you give him that 80, if you give him like a four year, 80 mil, 20 million a year, I think it's still tradable enough like a Fred Van Vliet contract where someone would say, okay, so he's not a starting point guard, but guess what? He's six, six. He could defend multiple positions. He could shoot the three really well. He, could, he improved his jumper. He does other things really well. I'll take that guy, pay him the 20 million. Cause you know what? We need a cog that can do those things. And he does those things at a high level and he's young enough. He's 23. So I think he could still learn more. So I think if you can get him for that price range, which I think will be the price range. Cause I don't think anyone's going to pay him a hundred. Mm-hmm. No, no, no one's going to be doing that. I think that's, I think that would be insanity. Um, God, I wish we had Fred Van Fleet. But, yeah. <laughs> same, same. That would have been good. That would have been nice. Last but, year this time, we were like, no, don't pay him. Oh my goodness. We had Van Fleet. We'd be so money right now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but I'm yeah. just kind of cautious to give any of these guys, or my fault. Did I cut you off, Alex? You no, finishing no, no. that thought? It, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, the, the last thing I'll just say is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to give him a chance, but I totally understand the, uh, the other alternatives. Yeah, I would just rather give someone like a Lowry a shorter term deal and, and that would just be kicking the can down the road of committing big money to someone really long term as like the point guard of the future. And I, and I really do hope the Knicks kind of position themselves to be in the mix for Steph Curry because I, I just, I don't know why, but I just have it in my mind that Steph is going to be a Nick. I don't know why. I just feel like. That's coming at some point. I'm not saying right now, soon. It could be like the the last thing he does. I don't know. I just have this feeling that <laughs> Golden State is kind of it's called dreaming. Over there. It's called dreaming. It's called dreaming. It's called dreaming. <laughs> it's called dreaming. But let's be real. That's like the the player you plug in right now, and this team is like oh 100. You know, explosive. But you know, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, not even. But what? He's a free agent next after next, next season, right? Yep, I think so, so I mean, yeah. what we could at least could yeah. at least try to be in so, the mix. So that means <laughs> that means that means we can't be signing. You know, we can't be flooding our point guard. You know, salary cap. To be honest, guys. The guy I, I really want on this team is Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm sorry to say. I know he's I like been like that. the Knicks hater. He, he, he would be perfect. And even if he doesn't, the, the thing is, I think he's going to want a big contract, but maybe we can kind of force him to like bet on himself this year type deal because he's coming off that injury. If we can like convince him of that, that would really work out for me or somebody like Conley. If not Lowry, of course. But other than that, I mean, I'm excited for Veldosa. I know that sounds dumb. 
Valdoza, IQ, D Rose, those are nice. I know we still need that starting point guard for one year. I just don't want to flood it, man. I don't want to pay somebody Julius Randle money, to be honest with you. I really just don't. Unless he's going to be good. Like, give me Drogic on one year. Just hang out. Be injured. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> care. Like, like, that's what I'm really yeah. thinking right now. And, like, if we're, if we're doing okay, some team is going to stink halfway through the season. And somebody like, uh, you know, Vucevic, but a point guard is going to show up somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to happen. It happens every single year. You know, the Kings have a million guards that they want to get rid of. Every team has a million guards that they want to get rid of by the time, right. you know, a couple months go in. So that's really my outlook on it. For sure. And, and this is my, this would be my, like, I'm going to leave with Lonzo Ball as the guy that I want. You either get him for three for 60, four for 80, somewhere around that range. That's max, max. Obviously I would like less, but that's max I would do for those, for, uh, for that time. Next, I would go Mike Connolly just because younger than Kyle Lowry. And based on what John said, he also had a really good season this, this year. Like I, I love everything about what Connolly done this, this did this season. I know he had a terrible playoffs. He was injured. He didn't play. He didn't play in the second round, but I still like what he showed on the court. And he's usually around for the playoffs. And even when we saw him in the bubble last season, he started to kick it up. He really turned it on this season. I'd like to have him on. And then I would go Lowry and Connolly and Lowry are both the same idea. Like you're, you're, they're I'm taking them for two years drafting somebody to guide that guy pairing with Derek Rose. And then that point guard is in the wing, just warning. And to just touch on Villadoza, if he gets any minutes, I will be impressed. I, I, like I, I said it when, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know him that well. I don't have, I haven't watched all the film, but from the little I did, the player that he reminds me just because I covered the team was Fauci. Cabazzo and like the way he just like hustles, he's smart. His he has a high IQ. He's he's a willing passer. The thing he does better than Facho is that he scores better, but that also is because he's a much taller guard than he is. But uh, you know, if he gets any playing time, that would be dope. But moving on to the last segment of this pod, Steve, we got the etc. Yes, we got to talk about NBA playoffs, man. We got we got to touch on NBA playoffs before we we get John out of here. You know, right now we just, we just witnessed the Hawks go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They, they just beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Yesterday we had the Brooklyn Nets lose to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks. I really should say the Milwaukee Bucks just won, not that the Brooklyn Nets lost, but because the Nets were the talk of the town, I got to say it that way first. And then we have the, the Suns just, you know, won game one against the Clippers. We got a lot going on right now, man. We, we, we have a lot going on. So, how are you feeling about the playoffs? What get? Let's start off with the. Uh, let's start off with yesterday. Let's start off with yesterday with uh, with the Nets and the Bucks. How how did you feel about that series? I know we touched it on, touched on it at the beginning of the pod. But how do you feel about it? I was almost bothered by how happy I found myself at the end. You know what I mean? Like I was cheering, like almost as if it was a Knicks playoff win for a little bit. And then I had to kind of tell myself, damn, I ain't shit because I'm being petty. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, it was an amazing series. Um, I mean, clearly if, if the Brooklyn was uh, at full strength, it would have been a different story. Uh, I mean, you know, even without Kyrie really being available, it was a, a gritty series that came down essentially to the last shot. Um, so, you know, that only goes to show that Brooklyn's going to be really scary. Um, this coming 
this next coming season and, and after that as well, right? And I'm sure those guys will re-up at that point um, as well. But yeah, it, it felt great <laughs> to see them sort of uh, fail, to be honest with you, just as a Knicks fan who, who went through that uh, <clears throat> whole fiasco, right? Um, the Bucks, uh, I, Drew Holiday needs to do more. Um, I mean, he, he did start to come to life towards the end uh, in the fourth quarter there at least, which is, you know, a, a great sign. Um, but he's going to need to do more if they're going to actually be legitimate contenders. Middleton, I love Middleton. Giannis, those free throws, man. But um, it, it was an amazing series. Um, the Jazz Clippers thing, I was pretty surprised that they managed to drop them off without Kawhi. It's really going to come down to what, you know, what's going to happen with Kawhi, man, because the Cli- the the Suns are for real. Devin Booker just showed that they could win without uh cp3 or at least you know perform really well without cp3 um and he's coming back i'm sure in the next few games and i think they're a legitimate uh contender they're gonna be a lot of fun to watch ayton's growth has been amazing to watch um and yeah i mean screw the screw the hawks but i'm not mad that they got this far man (laughs) so those are just some scattered thoughts no those are those are that my man's giving the analysis and the breakdown within a you did that in two minutes, man. That's impressive. Good stuff, bro. Good stuff. I I agree with a lot of what you said, man. Honestly, yep. like me too. I I would just I guess I don't really have anything to add to that. It was really really well thought out. I, I like I like your thoughts. I guess for me, just to add on, like I just don't like the Nets, and I I just I think the thing is, is that with me with them is that this whole ring chasing culture of just like. I, it's just too much, man. I, I could, I could, I could accept in duos. All right. I could accept you get KD Kyrie. All right. I, I could accept Russ and Harden. I could accept Kawhi and PG 13. I could accept twos. Once it gets to threes, once you're starting to do this whole like what LeBron did with Chris Bosch and D Wade, it's too much for me, man. I, 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 I check out. I just, I just instantly dislike you. Unless it's the Knicks. That's another story, but I just instantly <laughs> dislike you. And it's just, can we just stop? Like, it's just too much, man. It's really just too much because if everyone was healthy, you know, they're just walking into the play into the finals and just winning that thing. Like that, it's yeah. just insanity. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my thing on, on the Nets, but I do like Giannis. Giannis is like my guy, Greek brother. Let's do it. I, I got to see it, man. I, <laughs> oh, I got to yeah. see the Greek freak do it. Got to see the Greek freak do it. And then I like Chris Paul. I hope the Suns do it. I do like Devin Booker as well. He's just been phenomenal to watch. Aiton's been playing really well. Then today, Devin Booker just showed that he's not an empty stats guy. He is a playmaker. He's a defender. He does everything that you want from him. He's t- he's taking that another step. I like everything that I saw from him today. And then, yeah, man, I don't like the Hawks, but I feel less bad. I just tweeted something saying, I guess we could feel less bad bad about the uh, the next losing to the Hawks question mark and I'm getting people yeah, like no, what are we, we talking can. about like I like what people are like looking at me like I'm funny and it's just nah man it's, nah man like yeah we were we, we were we were sure we could have been projected to win but it's at the end of the day things change you're watching the game as it goes by Noel gets hurt Randall doesn't have it are you telling me we're supposed to now go all the way and beat Philly like that's not how this thing works like I get that but I'm less upset that I'm, we're watching the team that's on a buzzsaw 
Right. Wouldn't you feel worse if the Hawks got spanked by Philly? Wouldn't that just mean oh, that we're that much worse than Philly that it's going to take like 10 years to even be at Philly's level, let alone yeah. like the Nets? Like, come on, bro. Like, we have to be happy about the Net- the, the Hawks doing yeah. well because it's like you want to feel like you lost to the best or, you know. I'd rather lose to the better team than a lesser team that's about like that we just seriously just went cold against. So it feels less bad in that way. I don't like losing at all, but it feels less. It's not saying it's fine. I'm just saying it's less. John, what else else you got to say before we we wrap things up? Yeah, I again, I mean, I've been saying I feel like I'm a broken record, but I agree with you guys. The Bucks and Nets series was interesting because it was all home home wins. And it was kind of indicative of their whole season. And that's why I don't trust both these teams all year. And that's why I still don't trust them because they're, they only go as far as their bench takes them and their bench doesn't travel. They only win home games. And yeah, you know, Joe Harris played terrible this season, but when Joe Harris was money at home, the Nets were money. When Jeff Green was money at home, the Nets were money. When Chris Middleton is money, you know, in Milwaukee, you know, they're killing it. I was, I was joking around. Again, I was mentioning, I think I have like the most Nets fans as friends on the entire planet, like legit Nets fans. And it's like mind boggling. That's crazy, like, man. Yeah, dude, they hate, they hate the Knicks just as much as we hate the Nets. Like it's a whole thing. Um, and it's not like for show, like they've been Nets fans forever. Like anyway. Um, so I was telling them, of course, we're talking trash all series when they were down to, oh, I was like bucks and seven. But I was telling them, like, th- watch out for the Chris Middleton game. Like, it's coming. You know, and it, it just happened to show up game six. And then the Bucks happened to luckily close it out game seven. Honestly, if you if you play ten game sevens between these two teams the way it was, it would be 5-5. Five, five. So that's, that's yeah. really how I see it. The Kevin, I know Alex was going off on Kevin Durant in the beginning, which is fine. I mean... We should like he he wants to be arrogant he you know he has to take it back but I mean Kevin Durant the best basketball player on the planet right now the way he's yeah. playing off an Achilles he's just absolutely unbelievable that shot that he hit I mean it's honestly a Dude. tragedy it's a tragedy that, that 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 didn't win Game Seven because that should be a poster everywhere and now that's just the shoe size shot. And nobody cares anymore. We're all gonna forget about it. <laughs> the shoes, <up. laughs> and, and yeah. it's it's a uh, it's a shame. He played fifty minutes. You know, like, kudos to Kevin Durant for coming out. No, and dude, fifty. I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, was it's number. unbelievable. Played bro, the minutes. minutes he played this series, and also he played Harden, all the minutes. Which, <laughs> literally yeah. all of them. He literally played all the minutes. Like every, he it's did crazy. not sit out once. So like, kudos to him on an Achilles try in a game seven. Like he put it all on the line. Like shout out to him for, for doing it, man. Like that's tough. Like I like Kevin Durant and the way he plays. I don't like the Nets, yeah. but Kevin Durant, Kevin, you, I, I respect greatness and when Jeff I Green. see it. And Jeff Green put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> the Seattle Not Supersonics guys are doing it, man. I love that. <laughs> By the way, I love that, that they were Sonics. But yeah, that's really my thoughts that on that. That is crazy. I, I'm, I'm with you guys and everything else. Suns are going to win this series. Uh, I do like Paul George, though, and I hate all the play, the Paul George slander. I just think that the Suns are honestly going to out, they're going to outplay and outcoach the Suns. Like, I mean, outcoach the Clippers. Like, they literally pick and roll Zubac to death. And once I see a team do that, I'm like, okay, they watch film. It's all good. They know they're going to own him. Like, Zubac cannot play against DeAndre Ayton. He cannot play a pick and roll against Devin Booker. When Chris Paul comes in, he's going to ruin them. And so 
I think Suns are going to walk to the finals. And it's going to be, they're going to get whatever damaged team comes out of the Eastern Conference Finals. Because that's going to be a fun one. Hawks, Bucks is going seven, and it's going to be a fun one. I think it's going to yeah. be Bucks, though. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I, what, Suns what and Bucks. Got? Suns and Bucks, it seems like, is going to be the thing that we get. You got Bucks too, Steven? I, yeah, I think I'm I'm going Bucks. I mean, okay, it was nice to see Atlanta do something, but it's it, that's enough it's of, of you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I'm not going to be mad either way. Um, I think, uh, you know, now that Brooklyn's dropped off, I'm, uh, we kind of can just take a deep breath and just watch with our feet up, you know what I mean, um, <laughs> in a sense. So, yeah, I, I, I have the Suns. I have the Suns winning it all, but uh, I think – Let's see how long Kawhi really is out. I think he's done or, yeah, you know, done. probably going to come back, back when it's too late. But if they pull like a game, you know, like same sort of energy they did towards the Jazz without Kawhi and, and, and are able to stretch it and then he come, you know, you never know. But CP3 is probably going to come back before that. And yeah, I, I think it's going to be Suns, man. Yeah, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you on that. I think the Suns are going to win. But Steve, this has been awesome, bro. Thank you for hopping on and talking with us, man. Please let the listeners know where they can find you, follow you, all that, man. Because and thank you once again. Yo, thank you guys, man, for real, bro. This has been a blast, and we're definitely gonna have to find uh, some time to do it again for sure. For um, sure. But so yeah, we'll talk, man. We'll talk, and also the collabs, man. We did a great collab. I'm gonna. We gotta send that one out again. For anybody listening who hasn't seen it, but yeah, man, uh, you know, uh, like he said, uh, you can find me at Spacely Media, um, at Spacely Media. That's, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, I'm posting on Reddit. You see Bakker back pages, baller back pages. Check it out. Uh, comment, you know, hit me up. Like, let's talk. Let's, let's, uh, let's, in, let's interact. Let's engage. Cause it's going to be a long off season, but I'm keeping the back pages coming. I got one coming up on, uh, probably Tuesday. I'm still trying to figure out the exact date, but another one I'm dropping. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to stay active. So everybody can keep expecting some more, uh, some more heat this summer. And, uh, yeah, man. That's what I'm That's talking what it about. Is. That's what I'm talking about. Steve, once again, for th- th- thank you, man, for hopping on. This has been a blast. Enjoy talking Knicks. Enjoy getting to know you more and know about your work. So everyone out there. Put a face thank- to the name. Yeah, finally, yeah, thanks to bro. the name and a voice to the name. It's 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 beautiful, man. Same. Even though I but, see Alex, uh, you know, YCP, et cetera. Oh, <laughs> we see oh, you, yeah, you yeah, make yeah, the rounds. Okay, okay. Alex make is the around. Round. Yeah, Alex Nick's is fan TV the superstar. Fan TV. Hell yeah. All right, all right. Now you're all just being too. <laughs> but yeah, nah, to see John and yeah, just to just to be on with you guys, man, because I've been listening all year and, and uh it's it's really it's really dope to uh you know, that gives you guys sort of this celeb status a little bit. So now I'm talking with some celebs. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Then on that note, <laughs> appreciate the, appreciate the kind words, Steve. That's how uh, pods feel, man. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate the kind, appreciate the kind words, man. Thank you for listening. Uh, that really means a lot to us. Uh, but thank you for everyone who tuned in for this episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Another Knicks episode in the book. John, what do you want to say before just we a hop bit, off? Just a bit of a programming note. For the next six episodes, we are... Oh, they due know. To, uh, due to oh, me. They know. Yeah, due to me. Uh, we are having so I'm traveling. I'll be at the Euro Cup. I'll be in Hungary. I'll be in Greece. I'll be in Portugal. 
So what? just bear with just bear with us. On yeah, the, no, let's, on let's the not get into, <laughs> let's not get into this conversation right now. Just this them conversation know. is just, just letting them know. Everyone just bear just with know, us. John, John, the schedule is going to be very interesting. This is going to be real time figuring everything out. So this should be very interesting for this podcast, but it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, John will be talking about soccer. <laughs> there we go. It's not, there we go. It's not even there yet, but he's starting to talk soccer. It's just all Greek to me. Um, but thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another next episode of the Knicks, Jets, Etc. podcast. Please, if you listen to this, us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to give us a five-star review and to leave a comment. And we're available on all the streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Anchor, you name it, we are there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all right? And we got a YouTube channel on the way. It's coming around. We're working on it. We're, we're trying to get on another platform as well. Should be up in the next upcoming months. So be on the lookout for that. All right. Thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in. We'll catch you later this week for another Jets episode of the Next Jets, etc. podcast. Let's go, Knicks.